It's real. It's real. You know the deal. You know the deal. Come on. Hey, it's Shantae. And I'm Natalie. And welcome to What's the Deal, a podcast powered by the Norfus Firm. At the Norfus Firm, we solve people problems. Uh, we work with employers all around the world on diversity, equity, inclusion, and HR issues. Oh my God, we're back. It's been a while. We always say that and no one actually ever knows that we're not. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's our own little happy okay, joy okay, to yes, be happy yes. to be back. I actually I am happy to be back. Yeah. Um, because before, uh, I just, as you know, took a break, went to Panama for a couple of days. But before that, I was dragging. So yeah. I needed that break and I'm happy to be back and I'm excited for this epi- these episodes. So yeah, this is good. Yeah. And we'll talk about the break thing yeah. in, in, in another episode because it's important to remind ourselves of... The need to pause, the need for a break. But today, I'm really excited because we get to have a conversation about DEI for multinational companies. And I think what's really cool about our guest today is that she's like like my mirror image on yeah. the other side of the pond. Um, I'm so excited to have Charlene Brown here with us today of Howlett Brown. And Charlene and I met recently through some networking opportunity and they were going around the room uh, kind of talking about like getting everybody to introduce themselves. And Charlene's like, oh, and, you know, I started as an employment lawyer. I was like, oh, me too. And she's like, yeah, and I do HR investigations. I was like, oh, me too. And I'm saying this in my head. And then she's like, yeah, and then we also do DEI work. And I'm like, oh, me too. And she's like, yeah, I've never met anyone else who does all of that. And I'm like, I came off mute and I'm like, I do that. I do that. And so then we started ta- chatting in the chat on the side and have had the opportunity to chat um, going forward. Um, so I, I've given you somewhat of an introduction because we do a lot of the same things, but Charlene is in the UK. And so that brings a really cool and different perspective. So welcome, Charlene. We're really happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on here. I watch the I watch all the clips on, on Instagram and watch the YouTube ones. So now it's nice to be be a part of it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We're really happy to have really you. really excited that you're here. Can you start off by just telling us a little bit about your work and, and sort of your approach to your work? And we'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Howlett Brown, we're a people intelligence company. So, like you, you solve people issues. You specialize in all things people. Um, we do a lot of different things, everything from investigations, culture, HR, uh, DEI, um, and then training um, and a lot of kind of strategy work as well. Um, we manage, we coin ourselves as a people intelligence company because it's all aspects of people and all different disciplines. Um, we get to work with, like you, uh, lots of different uh, companies around the world on a whole host of different issues. We usually see the harder things, the more complicated, the more deep-rooted issues, and we try and navigate those. Um, we're also authorized um, by the regulator here for legal practices, so we're still able to give advice as and when we need to from a, you know, from a from a legal perspective. keeps us keeps us busy. I'd say it keeps us out of trouble, but I'm not sure if it does. <laughs> you can't stay out of trouble doing this work. You just get caught up in it. It's just no, you can't. You're dealing with people, and people are messy. Yeah. So yeah, and also, <laughs> like I think the other piece of it is. Like you have, we try to center people in our work. Mm-hmm. So yes, things are very messy, but it's also like, because we're so dedicated to the people focus part, um, it's, it, there is trouble, right? Cause sometimes you have to be like, Hey, y'all are not right. Yeah. Y'all are not doing right here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
keeping it real and integrity is a big piece, right, for what we do. You, you just, you can't be somebody's veneer. Um, mm, you cannot and, be someone's veneer. That's like to, a, no. I dropped already early. <laughs> and to keep it real with what you're doing as well, you have to, you have to always maintain integrity, right, and know that you're always doing the best what you think for everybody involved. Um, one of uh, the way we position it is we try and help organizations uh, evolve their environments where their purpose, integrity, uh, and inclusion thrive, but their people risk is low, but it means about the people's experiences at the same time. It has to matter. It has to be at the core of what we do. Absolutely. 100%. Here it is. Employees are the driving force of every business. That's why your team deserves an effective and inclusive HR strategy. The Norfus Firm can show you just how much prioritizing people can increase engagement, slash turnover, and boost productivity. Reach out through thenorfusfirm.com today. So what's the deal with people thinking that Amer- uh, that DEI is an American issue, what's your perspective on that? I would say a couple of years ago, um, when George Floyd was murdered, that was definitely the rhetoric here in the UK and in the and in Europe and parts of Asia. To be honest, um, it would be you know the US is. Um, the U.S. is different. The U.S. has its own issues and racism isn't a problem. And, you know, we don't do those things in the U.K. and different countries. But the truth of the matter is um, we have a, in the U.K., U.K. has its own history of racism and its own issues. Um, and then so, do, so, do, so does Europe and, and so does aspects of Asia. Every single country has a problem with um kind of difference and respecting difference. Um, it's just looking at the nuances that are specific to that. So anyone who says that to me, they get politely corrected. Um, but I think a lot of it is down to the fact that a lot of people's eyes were closed. A lot of people didn't really see anything. And the last three years has been a a, a real educator of change and, and it's been in people's faces that they can't they can't ignore as easily as they perhaps had done before. I think that we had that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love that summary is like people's eyes were closed um, because we had an opportunity um, to do, which we've talked about, listening sessions with a tech company in like 40 different countries. And it's one of those things where we knew going into it, look, you can't just have a plan that's U.S. centered when you work have employees that are all over the world, right? Everyone is dealing with... Yeah something. Um, and while it's also not so practical to say, Hey, I'd have a different DEI plan for every country. Your plan should be sort of thoughtful. Bespoke, you know, that's my favorite (laughs) word. (laughs) Right. And talk about that in terms of the bespoke piece. Talk about that in this, in this context. Well, you know, I, to the point that you're making that yes, we diversity, equity, inclusion, there are definitions for it, but it shows up how it how it is manifested in these different parts of the world is different. Like it's very much local to, or regional to wherever you are in the world. So, you know, we may say that we we want to address, um, I don't know, say pay inequities or gender inequities or whatever the thing is. OK, so what does that look like? What it looks like in America is different from what it looks like in the UK is different from what it looks like in South America. But you can still work with like that issue 
Right. But just make sure that when you're working with the, the locations and the regions, that it is very much centered in what's happening in those areas, things that are happening politically, socially, all those things have to be taken into consideration for these global corporations when they're doing this work in order for it to be meaningful. And I think, I know we do, and I'm sure you do, Charlene, as well, want to make sure that this work is meaningful and impactful. Um, and in order to do that, it has yeah. to resonate with people. People, if they only see it as an American issue because it doesn't factor in what their day-to-day experience is, they're not going to pay attention to it. What are some, what are some of the, on that note, because as, as you're talking, it's making me think about like, what are some of the ways, Charlene, that you've learned about um, uh, DEI issues or draw out from people like, and I'll, let me just give you a little context. I think what's different about the U.S. is that we're very in people's face about it. Like, so it's very common to talk about it very openly. Pretty much anytime you open the news here, there's going to be some headline that somehow relates to DEI. And, and at least in our experience, it, it's not so head on in terms of at least how you initiate the discussion sometimes in other countries. What's your experience there? I would say, um, even though every country has its own issues and there's probably some themes across all of them that are consistent, I would say the U.S. is probably more advanced with the level of comfortability of having those conversations than probably the rest of the world. Um, so there's a, there is a huge, certainly in the U.K., there is a significant fear of getting it wrong. And there's a lot of internal activism and challenge now through people speaking up a lot more and what what that's done sometimes, it's either triggered defensiveness where bigger issues, other issues, not bigger, other issues then occur, or it's silenced people and made them become more inactive. And we're talking, if we're looking at purely from a leadership lens, those leaders have then just become submissive. And that is that is a problem um, as well as not doing anything at all uh, too. And just to kind of go back to what you were saying earlier, I think, um, like say pay might be different in different countries, but the numbers might be different, but the principles could well be consistent across the board. And we don't live whilst we need to be uh, aware and pay attention to the cultural societal differences, what's driving people in country and their experiences and how they're nuanced. You can't forget the fact that we don't live in a siloed environment where technology doesn't connect us across the board, right? So you're in the US, I'm in the UK, I could have staff in the US, you could have staff in the UK, and we're still going to connect. So even though each country might be different, I still need to understand the US to be an effective leader to my team and vice versa. Um, and I think I think too often people just get comfortable in the avoidance of realizing how big of an issue or how wide of a lens it should that should be applied for it. <laughs> well, you, you said a lot that I'd love to just like run down the street with. So no, I mean, this no, is no, it's great. So can you talk to a little bit more about the submissive piece? I'm interested to hear like what you see as far as that goes. Yeah, there's a diff- there's different archetypes of people, right? A lot, everybody, for the most part, people show a willingness to engage and want to do the right thing. And I believe, I believe that for the most part of people, I do think there's a percentage that feel they've got no choice, but to join the pack and demonstrate they want to do the right thing but even in that case there's always there's always a scale of how many people lean into the learning right how many people are that really honest and reflecting about their own behavior and challenging their own selves and so um 
some people uh, sometimes just decide it's better not to say anything um, and not to engage. And that's where the submissive com piece comes in. I'll be honest, I've seen it a lot with leadership and HR teams. And part of that is overwhelm and exhaustion, I think, navigating some of the experiences that they've had to deal with. I'm not, I'm not kind of, I'm not, um, I'm not excusing anything. I'm just one of our ways of working is trying to understand to then evolve. So if you imagine you were specialized in HR and you've been doing your work for so long and then all of a sudden you realize that you were doing a half job or a half measure and there is so much more you weren't trained in and there's so much more you don't understand and you are constantly pushed and challenged to know better, do better, show up better. Some people might give up and want to just back off because it's just a job to yeah. them, right? And the, there's a lot of pressure on HR professionals to yeah. like be the the, the, the the container for this, like to hold it. Like they're the ones who are supposed to actually know how this works. And you make mm -hmm. a great point, Charlene, that they don't even know half of the time. Like it's new to them, especially those who've been doing this work for such yeah. a long time. They got to retool just as everyone else has to retool. But the expectation on them is a lot greater than on everyone else. That's hard. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, very. So I think this actually helps us get to the end of, of episode one. Um, we have touched on some stuff that we're going to move into these next episodes on, but I think a really important recap here, DEI is a global issue, right? To be clear. And yep. it may show up in different ways. Uh, you may have to initiate conversations in different ways, which we'll talk a little bit about in the next episode. But the bottom line is DEI is here to stay. DEI is a global issue. I'll keep repeating it because we keep hearing that people don't really know what DEI is. Again, another topic, another day. Um, stay tuned for episode two. Stay tuned.